RWJ Barnabas Health Telemed offers you two convenient ways to see a doctor anytime, anywhere, without having to come in for an appointment. If you're in need of urgent care, you can use our app to connect with a provider 24-7, right on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. Or you can use our website to schedule a virtual visit with an RWJ Barnabas Health Medical Group provider or specialist. And you can even register as a new patient. Book an appointment online at rwjbh.org slash telemed. Your safety has always been our top priority, and we've taken every precaution. So don't delay your care any longer. Get started today at rwjbh.org slash telemed. RWJ Barnabas Health. Let's be healthy together. Hello again, everyone. I'm Matt Laughlin. Welcome to this edition of Speak of the Devils, presented by RWJ Barnabas Health, the official health care provider of the New Jersey Devils. Joined once again by Sam Kassan, as we'll get a chance to spend some time with a, a, a preeminent voice in the National Hockey League media world, a guy who is senior editor of the Hockey News the Bible of hockey publications and we'll talk to ken campbell about a lot of things including dougie hamilton and a change in the media world it's a great half hour yeah a lot of a lot of great stuff and, and i think the best part about it is really dipping into dougie hamilton what do he means for this team because it's obviously we see it from our perspective but it's nice to get an outside perspective you know somebody who's more on the national circuit who is been basically followed Hamilton's career from the very beginning from Boston to Calgary to Carolina and and touches on some subject matter that uh, is very prominently out there in some circles but maybe doesn't need to be out there in some circles it's a little bit overblown of an issue but the whole museums thing so we kind of get to the heart of that stuff and and I think it's good to to kind of address some of those things and really see them for what they are which is kind of a silly rumor that started and uh, but Ken will obviously give you more of the details so you can find out why those things kind of grew and built up from where they were and what the reality of the situation is, because honestly, I think the reality is more fascinating and how Dougie Hamilton handles those things than even the rumors itself. I agree with you. And, uh, you know, Ken talks about that and a lot more. He has an article recently published in the hockey news regarding Dougie Hamilton and his coming to New Jersey. And to your point about having someone outside the family, if you will, co-sign on what we believe i found it very interesting what he was saying what he has to say coming up when we play the interview back about new jersey now being a destination you know we forget that as the team started to decline it doesn't matter where you are nobody wants to go to a club that doesn't have a chance to win but now the devils are in that process and so therefore the number one free agent on the market decided I want to be a New Jersey devil that bodes well for this year and the next seven years uh, or six after this, but also bodes well for what might happen as the devils move further along in free agency. Uh, Thankfully, Ken is not a team employee because as people will hear, he might be guilty of some tampering as to who might be interested in becoming a New Jersey devil. (laughs) That's true. And it was a very good point on him. I don't know if we should, tease it and let people listen and find out who it is or should we give them a little it's a very prominent hockey name that ken thinks the devils might be looking into or he might be looking into the devils down the line next year in free agency and there's a lot of ties to the area that make it all the more enticing for said player to 
come to New Jersey if that is the case. And I think along with that, I honestly really love the way he kind of outlines the growth and rebuilding process, not of just New Jersey, but of teams in the National Hockey League. When you rebuild, here are the steps that teams mostly have to go through. You've got to go through this phase, this phase, then you run through the league in the regular season and get hit in the mouth in the playoffs. And you learn from that and learn to grow. And really, I kind of think outlines better than most the trajectory that it takes for a team to get from rebuilding year one all the way into that championship caliber state. And so I thought it was a very fascinating take on his part. And you can see that kind of the way with whether it was Tampa Bay or Chicago or Pittsburgh or all these teams that had to rebuild from scratch and then became either Stanley Cup teams or championship caliber teams in some other city. So I think a fascinating take there. So fans will want to hear that as well as said possible free agent that might may look into coming to New Jersey next summer. One never knows, but that's what the signing of a Dougie Hamilton and the drafting that the Devils have done, putting them on the cusp of being one of the teams in the National Hockey League will do. So without further ado, let's bring in Ken Campbell, who speaks about that and more and talks about a new venture he's involved in. As in this media world, you need to evolve constantly. He's done that. So let's roll the interview now. Ken Campbell, welcome to Speak of the Devils, our weekly podcast. Thanks very much for giving us some of your time. Oh, it's my pleasure, Matt. We're going to talk a little bit about a new venture that you're involved in in this ever-changing media landscape. But before we get there, your most recent contribution to the hockey news is an article on Dougie Hamilton. What's the significance in your mind, the significance, I should say, in your mind of Dougie Hamilton signing with the New Jersey Devils? Well, I, I think it was a massive coup for the New Jersey Devils. This guy was clearly the crown jewel of free agency this past summer. Um, and, uh, and you know, I mean, he was the best player out there. And, you know, as Tom Fitzgerald said a number of times, he, he quote unquote, weaponized his cap space, right, to, uh, to be able to sign this guy to a long-term deal worth a lot of money. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, the guy comes out and, what two minutes into his first game scores a goal <laughs> so <laughs> 17 seconds in you couldn't have drawn is, is it, that what it was? 17 yeah. seconds i can't remember seconds. i can't remember for part part of the reason because it seems like that game was three months ago but uh <laughs> but i mean i know it was very quick and the guy comes in and scores and that's exactly i think what <clears throat> the devils were looking for was a little more offense from the back end and and uh this was a guy like i said he was the crown jewel of free agency uh this past this past summer and the devils managed to get him and they really sold him on you know sort of what they're trying to build there and the way they're trying to do it and uh to have a guy like that in the fold for the next seven years um and uh to have a quality person and player like that i think is a it's a it's a pretty big coup for the for the new jersey devils does it also send a message to the league and other potential free agents uh, when the time comes that, hey, New Jersey's got something pretty good going. Dougie's decided to hitch himself yep. to this wagon, and maybe you want to join the fun at some point. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think all of that, like like there's Dougie, there's, the, you know, the young players they have, you know, I think I don't think Jack Hughes could have had a better start to the season this year than than he had, obviously, in the first game. Um, you know, I think it's all part of that. And I think, you know, Tom Fitzgerald, when you talk to him, he's he, he really sort of um, has emphasized how 
they're trying to build a culture there. And, and like everybody's trying to build a culture, 32 teams are trying to build a culture. That's that, that doesn't make the New Jersey devils, uh, you know, a, 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 a um, something unique, but you know, they are trying to build something there where, you know, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of things that go into it. Like, you know, they, they probably have the best travel schedule in the NHL. You know, they spend more nights in their beds than any other team. The practice rink is right at the facility, you know, all that stuff. I think that's all, all the stuff that these free agents will learn and and find out about, uh, you know, along to go along with the fact that they're, you know, Tom is really trying to put together something that is what we know of the New Jersey Devils. I, I think I don't think it's going to be the same kind of team. I think it's going to have a way different on ice identity than the one that won Stanley Cups for them. But you know, they're trying to sort of get that success, that kind of success back. And then you look, I mean, Johnny Gaudreau, you know, this summer, Dougie Hamilton was the, the prime, the prime guy. Next summer, Johnny Gaudreau could be the prime free agent. Again, the New Jersey Devils are going to have cap space. I don't know if anybody knows, but he's from Salem, New Jersey. Uh, he has a place on the, he has his dream home on the Jersey shore. Um, Sounds like a pretty good fit to me. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, and I'm not saying that he's going to sign in, in New Jersey, but, you know, I mean, he, he is a Philadelphia. His wife is from Philadelphia, and and I think he's been a pretty much a Philadelphia guy too, so that I would think they'd be in the mix as well. But, you know, I mean, the Devils have the cap space. They've got that. And, you know, here's another guy coming down the pike this summer who, uh, you know, may look at New Jersey and go, hey, this looks like it might be a pretty good fit for me. Looking at the changes, you mentioned uh, Dougie Hamilton coming in, but obviously Jonathan Bernier signing over the summer. Uh, they get Ryan Graves on defense. What do you think of the job that general manager Tom Fitzgerald did this summer and how much improved are the New Jersey Devils? What should be maybe the expectations for this year? Well, I think they're they're hugely improved. And 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 I mean the one that you mentioned that I, I think is has kind of gone under the radar a little bit is the is the acquisition of Ryan Graves who a couple of years ago, like he was leading the league in plus minus. He was playing with Kale McCarr and was, you know, doing a lot of the defensive having lifting, heavy lifting um, with him. So, you know, I mean, that's a guy that he brought in uh, a veteran guy who, again, you know, again, you know, he talked about weaponizing cap space and that's exactly what he did with that, with that acquisition. I mean, you know, Colorado was in a bind. They had to drop some, they had to drop some, uh, some, uh, some salary off their salary cap. And uh, lo and behold, New Jersey comes along and says, hey, we've got all this room. Uh, let's make a deal. And, and they get Ryan Graves. I mean, I don't think there's any uh, doubt that 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 the um, that the New Jersey Devils are a better team this year than they were last year. And in the last couple of years, I think there's a couple of reasons for that. Obviously, the new acquisitions. I think another one is a guy like Jack Hughes. I mean, typically elite players in the NHL they typically tend to break out in their third year. Um, it's, it seems to be a pattern that these guys follow. I think part of it has to do with the fact that their entry-level contracts are up after the third year. So, <laughs> so they might, they, there's a bit of more incentive there, but I think a guy like Jack Hughes is going to, um, is going to blossom. Um, you know, they've got that top line with Sharon Govich and, and Kokinen, uh that really, really, you know, I think excites a lot of people. Um, you know, I mean, Lindy's, got, you know, got another year to kind of put his plan in place. And, you know, these guys are all another year older, you know, you've got a Dougie Hamilton who's been through everything who really, I mean, 
I think part of the part of the problem with the Devils was, you know, I mean, with all these talented young guys, it's it's great to have talented young guys uh, at the front end, right? You know, the Nico Heischers and and you know even Dawson Mercer who had an assist in his first game. Um, you know, that's great, but you got to get the puck up to those guys. And if you don't have someone who can get the puck up to those guys, their effectiveness is really really hampered. And I mean, Dougie Hamilton's one of the best at that. Um, so every time he's on the ice and Jack Hughes is on the ice at the same time, uh, they're going to be dangerous, right? Like there's, there's a, an opportunity for a big time play to be made and they're going to be dangerous, uh, every time, every time they're out there. In a lot of the, the conversation in New Jersey about taking that next step, obviously last year they stripped down to the bare bones and then building off of that. And now they're hoping to be in a playoff contention, not necessarily making the playoffs, but in playoff contention late into the season. Yeah. Do you see that there's a potential for them to maybe surprise some teams and steal a spot? I do see that potential. I don't think they'll make the playoffs this year, but I, I agree that they will be in the mix. And I think that's what they that's that's probably the not the best case scenario, but the expected scenario this year. Um, and because I think what you want now with this young group is you've got the hope. You've got, you know, you know, you're, you know, that you're going to progress and, and, and be a good team. So like good teams, typically, you know, a lot of times they, 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 they take the same trajectory, right. Before they become an elite team. So you, you go through that rebuilding period, you get the high picks, you get the young players, you struggle for a couple of years. Then I think the devils are in that spot right now where they have to be playing meaningful games in games, like from game 70 to 82. They have to be meaningful games, right? So even if they don't make it, those games have to mean something and those players have to go through that process where they're playing in games that really mean something. Like, like I, I never put a lot of stock into a team that's out of it in February and then goes on like this wicked run after they've already been mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. I never, ever put any stock into what that team did the next year because it's, because it's just, it's just, um, it's 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 artificial it's a false narrative right um but i think with the devils i think what you want is you want this team to be playing meaningful games uh you know in april uh i think the schedule goes to may this year or something anyways whatever between games like 72 and 82 you want those games to mean something you know and and i think that will be the case so they're in this spot now. So then they get, then they get to that, then they get to that, that, that spot. Then they become, you know, a playoff team. Right. And then you expect them to make, make the plus. Then they start to become an elite team. And then one year they're really, really good. And they have a great regular season and everybody's expecting great big things from them. And then they go in the playoffs and they get kicked in the pills, right? <laughs> they lose like four straight in the first round to a team they should have never lost to. And then they learn how to win and then they take it. So in that whole trajectory, the devils are kind of, I would say about three eighths through it now or will be this year. And then they'll get to the halfway point, maybe next season. Well, I agree with the, the way you describe the development of the team. And then the window is only open for a few years anymore. The cap has changed hockey so dramatically. And I hear people, both in the media and fans, writing, oh, this contract will be a burden seven years from now or six years. And I'm not speaking about Hamilton, just right. uh, you know, a, a general sense of that contract. They overpaid for that guy. Sure. Yeah. But you know what? 
because the window is only open for a few years and because there is a cap and you're going to have to pay those guys who get you to the point where the window is pretty wide open. Right. It's just, a, it's just a fact of life. We saw what happened with Chicago. We saw what happened in Los Angeles. They would not turn back the clock though. They won three and two cups respectively. Right. Tampa right. Bay is going to be in some trouble. They're not going to turn the, the clock back. So I think the whole world is changed. We have to accept the fact that there might yeah. be some contracts at the end that won't pay off. But it's going to get you to a point where your fans will look back at that period. Wow, we won a couple of cups, maybe more. Exactly. And, and I mean, Pittsburgh's going to face their day of reckoning. There's no question. I mean, Pittsburgh's going to, and it, and it probably won't be this year. It might not be next year, but they're going to crash and they're going to crash hard. And, and you know, Matt, you bring up the contracts, which is, is, is obviously a huge thing, right? Um, and, and then you end up, then you end up, um, you know, you end up with, with deals that might not age well, but I, I think now GMs are like, <laughs> you know, and, and Dave Nona said it when he signed David Clarkson away from the New Jersey devils uh, a few years ago, he said, I don't care about five years from now. And everybody slammed him. Everybody was like, Oh my God, how can you say that? How can you be that way? How can you have that disregard for the future? I think most GMs now when they sign those contracts are saying exactly, exactly what Dave Nona said. And that was, I don't give a rat's, you know what, about five or six years from now, I need this guy now. And I think that combined with the fact that once you become a contending team, and I mean, I guess New Jersey was a bit of a different model when they were winning Stanley Cups because Lou never really did it. He kept his picks and he always had good young guys. But the reality is when you start to become that kind of a team, you it, it just it, it happens. You have to do it. And you start trading high picks and you start trading young prospects for guys that can come in and get you over the hump. Right. And so the combination of those two things, number one, you get in, put into salary cap hell because you've got, you know, some guys that are making big money and you've, you know, you, you can't pay everybody. And then you've, you've traded a lot of your young players and picks and the cupboard's pretty bare. Like it's, it's, you know, like we talked, like I just talked about a few minutes ago about that natural progression that every team goes through. Well, every team that wins or 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 comes close to winning a Stanley Cup goes through it, too. And it's it's like clockwork. Right. It, it happens. And you just hope like all you can do is do your business and hope that you can hit a couple of years, right? You, the hope is that you can be that one of those teams that contends every year, but that's all you can, that's all you can expect mm-hmm. because once you get into the playoffs, it's craziness, right? As we all know, right? So you just hope you can be a Chicago, you can be in LA, you can be a Pittsburgh, you can be a Tampa Bay, and you just hope that you don't become a San Jose or a Nashville teams that really built up and then, like or and to a lot to I think in a certain extent the team that in the city that I'm based in Toronto I think is the same the same thing might happen here um, team that where you really build everything up and in the end you know you might have made a final or whatever but you got really nothing to show for it yeah that that's the the landscape that we're dealing with although in the interim even if you have nothing to show for it, like using San Jose as the example you'll sell a lot of tickets. Let's not forget that too. So there's all that pressure and that's the scenario that we're dealing with. It's like to get there only one winner at the end of the the year, but you want to be in that mix. And again, going back to what you said, I like, I like the progression 
that you laid out for teams because that is how you do it. Uh, you have to accept the fact there are going to be fallow years, but you'll get high picks and then you start mm-hmm. to supplement. If you hit on those picks, I'm not talking fifth round, sixth round. You got to get your first rounders to be legit players that can contribute. Yep. Uh, and you look at what the Devils have done with Hughes and with Heischer, and then you throw in Ty Smith, who's developing his game. And Alex Holtz looks like he's going to be the real deal. And here's Dawson mm-hmm. Mercer. Mm-hmm having made his NHL debut off the first round pick not too long ago. So, you know, uh, those are the things that need to happen. want to get back to your story uh, on Dougie Hamilton and you bring up something in it. Um, and it, this is my term about he's misunderstood and it, it develops off a story about that. He doesn't want to go out with the boys and he wants to go to museums instead. I don't know how that actually started, but I don't also know if that's a bad thing. No, it's not. And I I do know how it started. It started in Toronto with a commentator uh, who um, who said, basically, I I can't remember which was it when he went from Boston to Calgary or one of the. No, when he went from Calgary to Carolina, 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 because Moxie's comes up in it. There's no Moxie's as far as I know in Boston. And I'm pretty darn sure there's no yeah. Moxies in Carolina, but yeah. I know there's Moxies in, in Calgary. And I, think that, I think Moxies is a Canadian thing, if I'm not mistaken, but I could I, be You wrong. are absolutely right. But anyways, he, his, the it's point was... It's not a bad place that, for a meal. It's not a bad place yeah, for a meal. It's not bad. It's not bad. Um, the, uh, the, uh, the, 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 what happened was, it was, it, I guess it was at the deadline that year or whatever, and and the commentator said, well, you know, the thing with Dougie Hamilton is that, is that instead of going out for Moxies, going out to Moxie's with his teammates, which Moxie's is good, but I don't see any too many NHL players going to Moxie's. <laughs> more, it's more on our budget, Ken. I go to Moxie's. Exactly. I go to Moxie's. <laughs> NHL players don't go to Moxie's. But anyways, he says they, he won't go to Moxie's with his teammates. Instead, he'll go to a museum. Um, from everything I've gathered, completely untrue. Like like 100% completely untrue. Um I've talked to Dougie Hamilton about this. He says, I'm, I don't really even, I'm not big into museums. Like it's not, it's not a big thing for me. Um, you know, you talk to his teammates, uh, they like him. You know, I, I just think he's a guy that, you know, he was an OHL and CHL Canadian hockey league academic player of the year. Um, he's a, he's a bright kid. He's a quiet guy. Like he's pretty quiet. Um, I don't think he's, Like, I don't think he's this deep thinker who's always like, you know, thinking about, you know, these deep philosophical thoughts. I, I don't I don't think that's the case. I think he's he's a regular guy who likes to play hockey and probably has, you know, a few little things that he likes to do when he's not playing hockey that are that might not be something that a lot of players do, like, say, read books <laughs> or uh, you know, watch documentaries, which is fine. And, and Tom said that himself. He said, I'm okay with that. Like, as long as the guy brings it and he does, like he always does. Like he, and every team he's played for, including the Boston Bruins. Um, I mean, he's, he's been good. Like he's been a good player and like, he's not this dressing room cancer or anything like that. Like it takes all kinds of personalities to make up a team. It takes all kinds of personalities to make up any kind of workplace. Right. Um, and so like, I don't see that as being something that's really a problem. It's, it's like I said, that word, you know, museums has defined his career more than anything else. 
And, and I think it's a bit of a shame because I think the guy's a pretty good guy. I think he's quiet. I think he's um, he likes to keep to himself a little bit. And there's nothing wrong with that because he does lots of times. He does what he did the other night when 17 seconds into his first game with his new team. So, yeah, I don't have a, I don't have a problem with it at all. Yeah, what really struck me, too, is just having been in Jersey for the first training camp session with him. And anytime one of the young guys would come and speak, we'd ask who's showing you around, who's helping you out, who's lending a hand. And every single one of the guys mentions Dougie Hamilton by name. And so yeah. you get the impression he's going around the room and just greeting guys and hanging out at the rink. He's a little bit of a rink rat yeah. in, in that aspect. And uh, but one of the things that struck me, too, from your article, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this, too, is that Obviously, you said the, the term museum and that whole philosophy has kind of hovered over him, but he's never really felt the need to address it or dissuade it. Like, no. he obviously, when he's asked about it, he doesn't. But, like, it just seems like he's so comfortable in his own skin that he yeah. doesn't feel the need that he has to address that. I, I just was struck by that that you mentioned. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I don't think he cares. I, personally, I don't think he cares. I don't think he cares what other people think of him. And 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 it's not like um, it's not like a cocky, like – swagger thing like where i oh i don't i'm gonna do what i want to do and i don't care what anybody thinks it's not that i i just don't think he i just don't think he gets all kind of consumed by what people are saying about him and and i think that's part of the reason why he's able to play the way he plays because he doesn't worry about that stuff he just worries about being a good teammate and a good player and he just does his thing right and 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 he's never really felt the need to address it. Like I, you know, I mean, I'm sure he doesn't care that all these young guys are saying that he's taking them out for lunch and stuff too. Like he's probably like, yeah, okay. Yeah. That's just what I'm doing. I don't care if anybody knows about it or not. Like, I just get the sense that he, he's pretty comfortable in his skin. He's um, he's pretty down to earth and he kind of just puts himself out there as his authentic self. And I don't think he gets too, too wrapped up in what other people think. And, and like I said, I think that's why he's able to go out on the ice and not be encumbered by any of these, you know, sort of insecurities or anything like that. Right. And I think too, I think something that really needs to be said too, is that, you know, thankfully and slowly and far too slowly, in my opinion, um, the game's changing, right? The culture of hockey is changing. And, um, you know, we're seeing people involved in the game that that haven't that have been, you know, sort of traditionally been, you know, not terribly welcomed in the game. And we're starting to see a lot of those people be involved and we're starting to see a lot of people be a lot more tolerant of, you know, whatever people want to do. And and I think that's a great thing for our game I, or not our game, but the, the game. I think it's a great thing for the game. I think it's it's great if there are are different personalities and and different kinds of people who bring different interests and different perspectives to the whole thing. Um, that that can't be anything but good for for hockey and for uh, the inclusion that 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 everybody in hockey says that they would like to see. And I know this is uh, well off into the future, but obviously Dougie Hamilton, a, a son of two Olympians and he's right. got to be thinking about the Olympics down up on the horizon. And I know you mentioned he has a good chance. Do you think in your opinion, I know, again, this is way down in the future, but do you think he will make the team? I think he's a lock. I think he's a lock. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think, I think he's on that team. Um, without, without like, yeah, no, I, I think he's there for sure. I mean, 
He's an elite, elite right shot defenseman. It's funny because Canada, it's weird. Canada's got a bunch of right shot guys and they're, they're kind of a little bereft on the left side. You've got, you've got uh, Shea Theodore and then you got a whole sort of other group of guys that kind of are going to be battling it out for it. But, but, you know, on the right side, they're stacked. And uh, I think it speaks to Dougie's skill level that they are that deep on the right side of their defense. And I, I think he's, I think he's there. Like I'd be, I'd be, I, I don't know if he's a, if he's a, like a, a an absolute 100% lock, but at this point I would be shocked if he doesn't make that team. I'd be, I would be, I would be very, very shocked if he doesn't make that team. Well, we'll have to revisit uh, that topic and we'll spend more time with you as the Olympics come around and discuss picks and who's on the Mm -hmm. team and who's not. And that's always a lot of fun because also remember, and I I agree, I think he's a lock. Listen, he's led NHL defensemen in scoring over the last three years cumulatively. He got a lot of Norris trophy love last year. Uh, I, I think there's an understanding that now in his 10th year, he's got the whole package, the maturity, the size, he knows who he is. I yeah. think there's a place from certainly on Team Canada, but we'll see. But we can discuss that. But what we want to discuss is hockey's changing. The world's changing. We know that. Ken, you started in this business uh, back when people <laughs> couldn't wait to see the newspaper. We know what's happened right. to that business. I lament it uh, because I'm still a guy who likes to, you know, you, you read one story and it leads you to something you didn't know. Oh, I I'm, I'm reading the paper and now there's a story about softball and I don't know, a national yeah. program and I didn't know. And that's not what it is about anymore, unfortunately. That being said, you either adapt or you die and you're adapting. You've got a, a way to reach your audience. It's a new venture. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, well, th- thanks for giving me the opportunity to do that, Matt. I, I, uh, I, I'm still actually freelancing for the Hockey News because, as you can tell, I wrote that Dougie Hamilton story. So, um, but, but unfortunately, things, uh, you know, the realities of the business kind of hit, uh, have hit a lot of people hard, and uh, and I was, uh, I was terminated in uh, in May, and I, I, I had been, uh, I, I got uh, somebody reached out to me from a, a platform called Substack. I had never heard of it before. And, and, uh, and they, what they basically do is, is they give, give writers, um, they, they sort of help them with their own platforms. So, um, so I've got my own platform now it's called, uh, it's called hockey unfiltered with Ken Campbell. And so probably during the season four or five times a week, I will post things. And if you subscribe, you can have, you can get a free subscription or a paid subscription. Uh, and, and, and it, it, it basically it's, it's what a lot of people are doing now. It's like a newsletter. So as soon as I post something, it shows up in your inbox. Right. So like, I'll be writing my notes, my weekly notes today, and that'll show up in everybody's inbox uh, when I'm done later today. Um, You know, sort of just addressing things that are going on in the hockey world, the news, the opinions, the analysis, that sort of thing. I'm talking, you know, I'm in talks to, to start a podcast as well, because, you know, Hey, uh, you know, everybody has a, has a hockey podcast now, right? <laughs> like you're like, not with the in crowd if you don't have a hockey podcast. So, <laughs> so that'll be coming. Um, so it's, it's something that I'm trying to do and, and hopefully it'll get some traction and, and people will, will think enough of it to, um, to want to subscribe and, and maybe even pay for it. And, uh, and if they do, then, uh, then we'll, you know, giddy up and we're on our way. And, uh, so that you can find me there at kencampbell.substack.com. Um, it's hockey unfiltered 
with Ken Campbell. So uh, if anybody's interested in taking a taking a look, you can check it out. You can get a free subscription and then and then decide whether or not to give it a bit of a test run and decide whether or not you want to fork out five bucks a month or 60 bucks a year. Or no, is it? I know it's six dollars a month or sixty dollars a year. Canadian. Canadian. <laughs> so that so that's like. 37 cents a month and like eight <laughs> bucks a year can us so it's <laughs> a very good point yeah <clears throat> of people who are listening certainly uh they know your name uh you've been around the game a long time and you had a level uh of prominence in this game that most people can only hope to obtain so they they probably know a little bit about what unfiltered Ken Campbell is like, but for those yeah. who are a little more neophytes, what is an unfiltered Ken Campbell like? Well, unfiltered Ken Campbell is kind of, uh, unfiltered Ken Campbell can be a bit polarizing sometimes. Um, so, you know, I think the reason why I chose unfiltered was I wanted to make sure that people knew that, um, you know, like, like the guy we talked about, Dougie Hamilton, this is the authentic me, right? So if I, think that there's something that needs to be commented on as far as, you know, the culture of the game, you know, violence, suspensions, you know, the way things are going, whatever. I, I'm not going to be afraid to speak my mind. And um, not that other people aren't, um, but uh, but I think I think if you sign up for for Hockey Unfiltered with Ken Campbell, you can expect that there will be you know, occasionally your cage will get rattled and you may not agree and you may be, you know, you may be, you know, shaking your fist at your at your monitor. But uh, my hope is that you would at least respect the opinions. And uh, even if you don't agree with them, respect them and uh, take them into account and and, you know, decide for yourself. So um, it's been a lot of fun so far. I've uh, I've had a really good time with it. And um, I'm hoping it works out because uh, I'd really like to stay obviously in the business and and stay around this wonderful game that we all have had the privilege of covering and being a part of for, you know, for me, it's been over 30 years. Uh, it's been a huge privilege uh, to be involved in, in, in the game and to cover it with, with so many, you know, great people and to deal with so many great people, you know, the devil's room. I always remember, like I've been around a lot and I, I actually used to work for the Toronto star and, and anytime I go into New Jersey, I remember thinking, um, that's a great room. Like these guys are gr like, it's a great room. Like it's really, you know, the guys are really good. They're really welcoming. They're open, you know, because you always think, oh, Lou Lamarillo, you know, like he's this button down guy that, you know, doesn't want any secrets getting out or whatever. And you walk in the New Jersey dressing room, you had like Martin Brodeur and you had, you know, you had Patrick Elias, you had Scott Stevens. And these guys were all like chatterboxes. They were great. They were welcoming, you know, so I've, I've always really enjoyed being around the game, being around the players. I mean, obviously it's changed a lot with COVID and I hope it gets back to what it was at some point. I'm not sure when and if it will, but um, you know, this is a wonderful game. It's, it's full of wonderful people, both in, in terms of my colleagues and in terms of the people I cover. So, um, you know, I, and I've still got something to say. I've still got things to say, you know? And so, uh, so hopefully I'll have a chance to do that for a while. Well, we appreciate your sharing your thoughts today. Just give us the uh, contact info again for those who 
want to uh, he- read your words? I was going to say here, read your words on a regular basis. It's it's kencampbell.substack.com, or I'm sure you can just Google Hockey Unfiltered with Ken Campbell, and it'll probably take you there as well. So, and I, I, guys, I really appreciate you giving me the chance to to speak about it and spread the word a little bit. So uh, that that's great. I really appreciate that. Well, we appreciate the time you've spent with us, Ken, and uh, we look forward to uh, hearing your voice uh, through the electronic form uh, again. And maybe, as I said, we'll have you on as a guest when we get to uh, Olympic selection and all that sort of stuff. Absolutely. Anytime, guys. I'll always love talking hockey. Appreciate it. Okay. Thanks. All right, Ken. Thanks so much. Congrats on the new house, honey. What's this? Carbon monoxide detectors? Yeah, put one on every level. Because you can't see or smell carbon monoxide. And when fuel-burning appliances aren't working right, CO can build up and be deadly. Guys, I'm on it. We just want to know you're safe. At PSENG, we're committed to your family's safety. Know how to prevent carbon monoxide poisoning. If your CO detector goes off, leave immediately. Then call 911. Protect the ones you love. Learn more at PSEG.com slash gas safety. Two different sports, two different personalities. But when I heard the Dougie Hamilton story, the player I thought about, player I covered for his entire time with the New York Mets, Mike Piazza. Now, Mike Piazza could be one of the boys, no question. And by the way, I was not invited into that circle per se, but you could just tell by the reaction that he had with his teammates. Yeah, he he could be one of the boys. But Mike Piazza was a little bit of a different cat. You know, he had interests outside of baseball. You wouldn't see him off times with his mates necessarily. Again, uh, I'm not saying that was true 162 times a year, but he did his own thing. And if you wanted to talk to him about baseball, fine, but he had so many other varied interests as well. And that's the first player I thought about. If Dougie Hamilton has other interests, and that story was debunked, but who cares? It's what you do between the lines or what you do in that 200 length hockey surface. And so, it, so again, that's the guy I thought about Mike Piazza. And we kind of know what he did Hall of fame career. <laughs> yeah. I don't know Mike Piazza as well as you do, Matty, obviously, but Buggy uh, Hamilton, I think you're right. And I think as Glenn mentioned, just, or Ken mentioned that the entire spectrum of hockey is changing the entire culture of hockey is changing. And I know at one point it was very, just very hockey centric. All these guys were the one thing they eat, breathe, lived hockey. And, and that's great too. You know, that's, that's good to have, but as Ken mentioned, you, you have to have a lot of personalities and a lot of different ideas and a lot of different characters inside to make a locker room great. And, and having that kind of diversity now, the game is more open. It's more welcoming to different people, whether it's even people, you know, BIPOC people or, whoever it may be, you know, it's, it's the game is changing in in that manner. And I think in this manner too, it's, you don't have to be just an all in hockey kind of kid. You can be someone who's into, again, I know it was debunked, but museums, you could like going to museum. And I know a lot lot of regular hockey guys like going to museums, but you could also be a guy that's into watching documentaries and reading books and uh, whatever botany, I don't know, whatever, whatever hobby you want to have, there's nothing wrong with that. And, And I think it's, it's only good and only benefits a locker room to have people of different interests because, you know, it, it was one of the things that jumped out was the idea that, um, and this is from Ken's article is that the idea that people thought of Dougie Hamilton as a loner and just again, being around him and the players, they all pretty much, it, it seems like he's walking around the locker room talking to everybody. It seems like he's almost this extroverted, you know, extrovert, I guess. 
Um, he doesn't seem like this loner, quiet kid sitting in the corner and not mingling with his teammates. In fact, it seems like the opposite. He's over there talking to everybody. I feel like he yeah. almost this image of him walking around the locker room, welcoming everybody and chatting with them and asking them what's going on and what's new. And, and as you notice, Matt, every time we talk to a Dawson Mercer and Alex Holtz or Ryan Graves and Andreas Janssen, who, whoever, you know, even the, the guys that have been here for a while, Damon Severson, we talked to all these guys and asked, oh, who have you been, you know, now it's like training camp, who's helping you around or who have you been talking to lately or whatever. And they all mentioned Dougie Hamilton by name as if he's walking up to them, having these conversations. So it's, he's a guy that's not afraid to talk to guys, not afraid to be one of the guys and hang out in the group. And the fact that he might be quote unquote different from the rest, I think it's honestly a benefit to him and a benefit to the locker room as a whole and the sport as a whole. I agree with you. I do like talking about four-check pressure and defensemen keeping their gaps. But, you know, a good conversation on botany, turning the page of a book on botany, <laughs> hey, why not? That's up my alley, too. I like to garden. So, but that's about me. It's not about Dougie Hamilton. The point is varied interests make for a better, more interesting life. Sam, thanks very much for your time. Yeah, thank you, man. A very interesting podcast. I really love to hear what uh, Ken had to say here. And it was a good, interesting look. And again, as I said, an interesting to get an outsider's perspective point of view, if you will. Yes, thanks to Sam Kassan, the co-host. And of course, then, uh, thanks to Ken Campbell for sharing his thoughts with us on this edition of Speak of the Devils, presented by RWJ Barnabas Health, the official health care provider of the New Jersey Devils. For Sam, I'm Matt Lachlan. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for your company. It's very much appreciated. Until next time, be safe, be well. So long, everyone.